יאללה. אוקיי. Okay, uh, good afternoon everybody. Bezrat uh, Hashem, we will be completing um, our preparations for Leila Seder. Uh, last week we, dis we, dis we started the Kadesh, Urchatz, etc. and we got all the way to Magid. So just to summarize what we saw last week um, was that there are two mitzvot that we have today, Midoraita. Um, and that's actually what we're going to be discussing in today's year. The one is Sipur Yetziat Mitzrayim, and the other one is eating matzah. Uh, last week, we, dis we spent a lot of time on one of the mitzvot, the Rabbanan, which is Kiddush, uh, the four cups of wine and Kiddush, and all of the ramifications that regard to um, how to drink the four cups of wine. So today, let's jump in with the, one of the two mitzvot that are Doraita. And they fit into the part in the Haggadah called the Magid. Now, as an introduction to the Magid, let's just read a Gemara in Mesechet Brachot, Yud Bet, Amud Bet. The Gemara over there says as follows, Mazkirin Yitziat Mitzrayim Balilot. We mention going out of Egypt, i.e. the Exodus, at night. Amar Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. And Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah says, Hariani Kevin Shibim Shana, I'm like 70 years old, I didn't know the reason, right, um, uh, that one has to recite the Exodus at night until I heard the Joshua of Ben Zoma, the word implies the days, implies halelot, includes the nights. So according to the Joshua Ben Zoma, there is an obligation to mention Yitziat Mitzrayim both in the day and in the night. According to Chachamim, the din of call, the word call is coming to include that even in Yomot Mashiach, we'll still mention the uh, Exodus, even though other Chagim, Mark B. Batel, will still mention uh, the story of Exodus, even in the times of Mashiach. But what comes out from this Gemara is that there is a chiyuv, according to Ben Zoma, to mention Yitziat Mitzrayim every day of the year, in the night and in the day. According to Chachamim, maybe it's only in the day. But the point is, is that, uh, and we pass Ganak Ben Zoma, so Lichora, the question is, what's the difference between every day's chiyuv to mention Yitziat Mitzrayim and the specific chiyuv of Leila Seder, Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. And this question was asked by the Minchat Chinuch and many other achronim. So let's just give a few answers and it can direct us into how we should fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim based on this question and the answers given by the various achronim. So says the Minchat Chinuch in Mitzvah Chaf Aleph, It needs a further uh, analysis regarding the Rambam, right? that he counted that there is a separate mitzvah to tell the story of the Exodus on the 15th of Nisan, i.e. going to be Motzei Shabbos. What is so great about, what is unique about this night? As we've said, we pass in like Ben Zom, it is an obligation every day and every night to mention Yitziat Mitzrayim. And then he says further, if you look in the response of the famous Shagas Aryeh, you might have thought that there's a distinction. Maybe during the year, I just have to think about it. I don't have to say it, but on Lel said I have to say it. Says the Shagas Aryeh, no, you have to say it during the year as well. And then he makes a distinction. Maybe it's just mentioning versus telling the whole story. And, and, and the Minchat Chinuch doesn't accept this. Maybe also Leila Seder, just mentioning it is, is enough. So what exactly is the distinction between Leila Seder and every other night? 
ויהם בפרי חדש, דאזכרת יציאת מצרים בקידוש יצא. According to the, the pre Chadash, even mentioning Yitziat Mitzrayim in Kiddush, you yotze, and says the Ran, the Koshal Amar Gimel Dvarim Elu Bepesach Lo Yatsa, Yedei Chovato, what does that mean? Says the Ran, Hayinu Mina Muvchar. That's not the Ikar Chiyuv, that's, you know, if you want to be Machmir, you want to be Machmir. So us, so the, the Minchat Chinuch is just setting up the question. If I can be yotze, every day, just by mentioning it, and also on Leila Seder. So what exactly is the distinction? And here he comes to his answer. And let's just read it in, in bold. Efshar lomar, the tamid ha-mitzvah l'azkir b'fnei atzmo v'lo l'agid livno. Here, the obligation is always to mention it to oneself. V'kan ha-mitzvah l'saper livno. Here the obligation is to say it, to, to tell it to one's son, to one's child. But if he doesn't have anyone, the Minchat Chinuch comes out with a fascinating halachic ramification. He says, if you want to know the truth, the distinction between Lela Seder and every other night is that every other night you have to say it to yourself. But on Lela Seder, one has to tell it to one's children. And what happens if one doesn't have children? And what happens if one doesn't have anyone else around? Says the Minchat Chinuch, you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of that is unique to Lela Seder. What do you do? You fulfill the mitzvah of every night. A pilei play. The Minchat Chinuch is basically telling me that if I'm not telling it to my children, I haven't fulfilled the obligation, which is quite unique because um, we, 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 there's an interesting din of uh, what is the obligation of kids when it comes to mitzvot. Generally, we define the obligation as a mitzvah of chinuch, right? They don't have a mitzvah or writer to do mitzvot. And the reason why they do mitzvot is because there is an obligation on the parents to ensure that they are educate educated correctly however when it comes to Lela Seder all of a sudden the kids are the prime target um and 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 it's highlighted over here by the Minchat Chinuch that if you're not telling them you actually haven't fulfilled the obligation I, it's not a din in Chinuch this is a unique din in Lela Seder and the question is why so I'm not going to uh, uh um elaborate can, can just... too much yes can I just, do the kids have a, a, a chiyuv to listen? The kids have a chiyuv to listen mitzad chinuch, like every other obligation. But oh, not... Right, because it's a I suppose. You right, yeah. right. But they don't there's have... No, there's, no, there's no inyan that they themselves have certain mitzvah of being told of the of making... You know, almost, do they have to make sure that somebody tells them? No. Yeah. They, 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 they don't. They have a regular mitzvah of chinuch, but, but, but the obligation over here is on the parents. But we see that there's something unique that, you know, in general, you know, let's, let's say lulav. So you have a chiyuv to take a lulav. And, and also, kind of a side issue, there's a mitzvah of chinuch, so make sure that your kid also shakes a lulav, right? But the chiyuv is on the lulav to take the lulav. Here, the chiyuv is almost the chinuch. It's, a, 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 it's, a, it's an amazing idea. According to the Minchat Chinuch, Minchat Chinuch, Chinuch, it's all it's all connected. So perhaps without without delving into uh, too much of the the Haganah, but uh, just as an idea that one can say over at the Seder table, why is it that kids are so such a focal point in the entire Haganah, right? In in all the halachot that we say Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, if we look at the original decree of Paro. What does Paro want? Paro wants the, he wants to, before, you know, he first wants to destroy, kill all the baby boys. One of the, one of the baby girls, because the baby girls will marry and become Egyptians. In Goyish society, in many non-Jewish societies, the religion and the culture is based on the father, not the mother. So I don't have a problem, says Paro, leaving the Jewish girls uh, alive because basically we're just going to have more Egyptians but I have to get rid of the children the, uh, of the boys because they 
are, are, are part of uh, of this uh, this din of um, of continuing Am Yisrael. And what's Moshe Rabbeinu's reply? All the time, we'll see this going through the entire uh, the Haggadah, etc. Paro says, okay, fine. After all the plagues, he says, you know what? You want to go worship your God? Fine, take them in. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu says? No. We're going to take our young and our old. And our sons and our daughters. You don't get it. But for us, Judaism isn't about just serving God. Judaism is taking the family right, and serving Hashem it's all of us. And therefore, when, when we start celebrating Pesach, what do we have to do? We have to take the Korban Pesach to the Bayit. Bring the Korban into the Bayit. What's the other obligation? Right? That no one in the house can leave the house. I don't know, you know, some of you don't, or, or maybe you have grandchildren that are in this, but in Israel, there's a minag that, Mozart, uh, that Friday night, you're sitting down for your family meal, which doesn't happen that often, but Friday night, Baruch Hashem, it happens. And uh, and talk today the meal. Your kids are sorry, Abba, I need a bench because, you know, we're going out, right? The friends are coming to pick. My, my house is a proper railway station. All the kids are, are, are knocking on the door on Friday night, coming to collect all my children, right? So what is, what, what's Leila Seder? Leila Seder, no such thing. Forget the friends. Friends are important. Tonight, it's the family. Okay? It's the family unit, and that's why the kids, the transmission of the Torah and the Messiah from generation to generation, that is the critical element of, of, the, of Leila Seder. And that's why you have to do Sipur Yitzhak Mishraim going to Min Dafka to your children. And that's why Paro didn't understand it. Paro doesn't understand this idea of transmitting from one generation to another. And Paro doesn't understand that the concept of, of, of serving Akash Baruch Hu in Judaism is part, an integral part of that, is serving Akash Baruch Hu as a family. That, that we have, we, we're not, we are an am, and an am made up of mishpachot, mishpachot. And therefore, a lot of the halachot are connected to this idea. You have to eat it as a mishpacha, that you have to, the, you can't leave the house, you have to bring it in the house, what is uh, what does Hashem reward Shifra and Puah? Batim. He makes them houses. Now Chazal have drashot what houses, but the plat is he made them a house. I he gave them a mishpocha because that's what the Mitzrim didn't think was so important. And Shifra and Puah understood the importance of the family. And Baruch Hashem, what families they 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 had. Alavai. Okay, so that is just uh, an idea that comes through the psukim already in, in the Tanakh, but also comes through uh, the various halachot. Over here we see it in Sipur Yitziak Mitzrayim, according to the Minchav Chinuch, that Tafka you have to tell your children, because that is so critical to the whole idea of, uh, of, of children. I'll just mention one other idea on that. We don't, uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu isn't a big uh, focus on, in the Haggadah. In fact, he, he basically doesn't appear. Maybe he appears in Chad Gadya, according to some, uh, in, or Chad Chad Miodea, Trey Miodea, according to one opinion, Trey Miodea is Moshe and Aaron. But other than that, pretty much we don't see Moshe Rabbeinu. When it comes to Eliyahu Navi, he gets a special cup. What's Eliyahu Navi famous for? Says the Pasuk in Malachi, Beheshiv Lev Avot. Right, that uh, Eliyahu is going to reconnect the generations, the fathers and the sons, the generation, the, the generational gap. Eliyahu Hanavi is going to come and bring them together. That's what Leila Seder is all about. Therefore, Eliyahu Hanavi features over here. Okay, let's uh, let's continue. Says the um, that idea. By the way, I heard from Rav Hillel Metzbach, uh, uh, the Rav of of, of Yad Binyamin. Okay. Let's continue. The, the Grach, uh, Rav Chaim, uh, in his Chidushim, says as follows. Rav Chaim Soloveitchik wrote, There are three distinctions, according to 
Rav Chaim Soloveitchik. The first of all, he says, Lekayem mitzvah tzchira ein tzarich ele laskir latzmo yetziat mitzrayim. Aval besipur yetziat mitzrayim, ha mitzvah yi lesaper laacher. You have to tell it to someone else. Derech she'ela utshuva. And it has to be done asking questions and answering. That's part of an integral part of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. The second point says, Besipur Tzarich Lesaper Kol Ha'ishtal Shalut. A story has a beginning, has an introduction, has an end. Whereas if you're just mentioning Yitziat Mitzrayim, all you have to say, and Hashem took us out of Egypt. But you don't have the whole build-up. And therefore says, V'tzarich La'atchil Begnut L'Sayam B'Shvach. A good story, you start off with the, the trouble and you end off with the, 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 the praise, you know, and they're all happy lived, uh, happily lived ever after. That's how you end the story. But every other day, all you have to do is just mention Yitziat Mitzrayim. Right? And thirdly, you have to mention the reasons between the other the different mitzvot. At the Elohim Pesach Matzo Maror, Pesach Ashuma, Matzah Ashuma, Maro Ashuma. The Grizz, the Grizz actually writes something basically, you know, taking furthering this idea of the Grach, his son, the Grizz, explains the following idea that if you look in the Torah, Hashem speaks to us in two separate narratives. There is the narrative of the story, and there's the narrative of Chukim Mishpatim. If you want to know how Hashem speaks to us, if you look at the Torah, there are almost two separate narratives. There's the narratives of the stories of how things go, and, and, and almost literally like a storybook. And there is another narrative of mitzvot, Chukim Mishpatim. And Hashem speaks to us in the Torah through both of these uh, um, uh, methods. And therefore says the Grizz, Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim has to encompass both of those methods as well. And therefore you tell the story, but you also tell the Halachot, right? And you go through the Halachot. And that is a critical element, says the Grizz, of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. Okay. Um, Let's continue. We say, says the Shulchan Aruch, the Yagbia Hakarash Yeshba Mitzvot Hamatzot Vyomar Halach Ma'anya Ad Manishtana as an introduction to, to Magid. You mention that this is the bread of the poor person, and then we go into Halach Ma'anya, and then afterwards Manishtana, and from there basically is the beginning of Magid. And says um, the uh, that basically you have to say it in a way that everyone can understand, and after and and then once you introduce it, right? Then you remove the. Um, he says like this. Uh, actually, this is an important line in the Ramah, so let's just read it inside. You have to say it in a language that everyone understands. Now, remember, in the, in the times of Chazal. Most women didn't understand Hebrew. And, and in today's time, most, most of us don't understand Hebrew. And therefore, you have to say it in a way that people understand. Or or you say it in Hebrew and then you explain it. The famous re uh, of uh, Londonry, I think that's London, um, he used to say it in Laz. And then you place, uh, you remove the cider plate right, in order that the kids will ask. And then you're able to tell the story of Sipur Yitziak Mitzrayim. And that is the story of uh, Magid. Part of, um, we then go afterwards into the meal. And the meal, we have to wash, wash, our, hand, uh, wash our hands again. So says the Gemara in Psachim Kuftet Vav, Lamelina Tilat Yadaim Trezimni. Why do I have to wash twice? Hamashele Yadai Chadazimna. We already washed our hands at the beginning of the Seder. Amri Kaven, the Baile Mema Agarata Vahaleila. Here, since we have to say the Hagada, the Magid, and also we say part of Halel, 
Dilma asuchei aschei ledaitei benaga. We worry that a person will uh, divert his thoughts, have hesachadat, and his hands will become ritually impure because he touched something that he shouldn't have touched. And because of that, he has to wash again. Now, based on this, the Shibule Aleket, one of the Rishonim says, if the reason is basically Hesachadat, if a person is careful not to touch anything that would make his hands tame, and not yada, he doesn't have to repeat washing his hands. However, the Beit Yosef takes issue with this opinion and he says, person shouldn't uh, uh, try and concentrate not to have Hesachadat. Usually we so makbid for people that shouldn't have Hesachadat over here, Nishkafelach, Adarabah. You have hesachadat, that is fine. Why? Kedei lo levatel takanot chachamim shetiknu litol pa'amayim belel pesach. Part of the takana was to vas twice, and therefore we should do that. And the bira halacha says bevaday tzarich lachzor velitol yadav, and um, and he says like this. Vanachon shebeofenze. Let's say a person was very machped about his hands and he didn't have any hesachadat. He should actually tame his, his hands by touching a part of his body that is covered in order that he can go and do natilat yadayim with the bracha. So that is the din of, uh, um, of Rachza. And now we come to the second mitzvah of the night, which is Doraita, and that is the mitzvah of Matzah. Now there's a very interesting Gemara in Psachim Kufchaf, for those of you who have uh, doing dafyomi, so we just uh, we just uh, did this um, literally uh, last week. I'm a rabbi. Matzah bezmanaze doraita. According to Rava, matzah in our times, i.e., after the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, is still doraita. Maror de rabbanan, but eating the bitter herbs is only rabbinical. Maishna maror dichtiva matzotum orim bezmanaze bezman de ika pesach yesh maror bezman de leika pesach leik leika maror. We know the pasuk says al matzot umerim yochuchlu. On the matzah and the maror, you shall eat the korban pesach. And from there, the Gemara learns out when you have a korban pesach, so there's a chiyuv to eat maror. When you don't have a korban pesach, there's no chiyuv to eat maror. But then the Gemara says, well, matzah is also in that pasuk. Matzah nami. Just like if there's no Karma Pesach, there's no Chiyuv, Doraita to eat Maror, so too, when it comes to Matzah, there's no Karma Pesach, maybe there's no Chiyuv, Doraita to eat Matzah. From here, the Gemara says, no, Matzah is different. Matzah is different to Maror because we don't just know that you have to eat Matzah from the Pasuk, Matzah We have a separate, separate, Pasuk that says matzot. In the evening you shall eat matzah. Interesting. There is an opinion of the Amoraim, Rav Achabar Yaakov, that holds that eating matzah in today's time is only rabbinical. That is not Paskan Halachalamaise, as the Rambam says in Gilchot Chamed to Matzah Perek Vav. There's a Torah mitzvah to eat on the 15th. In the night evening you shall eat matzah. Every place, every time. It is not connected to eating the Karman Pesach. It is a mitzvah in and of itself. And the mitzvah is the entire night. Aval b'shar haregel, but in the rest of the chag, achilat matzah reshut, one is not obligated to eat matzah. Ratzalchel matzah, ratzalchel ores. If one wants to eat, one can eat matzah, and if one wants to, one can eat ores. Rast. Obviously, this is according to the Rambam, who didn't have the minhag of kitniot, right? But uh, obviously, Ashkenazim, we're not going to be able to eat uh, um, ras anymore. According to the Rambam, there is an obligation to eat on Leila Seder, and that obligation is Doraita, and the Rambam only mentions how much do you have to eat one kazait. Um, now we're going to come back to how much you have to eat in a moment, 
but uh, what brocha, what do you eat? So here's an interesting thing, because we have a machloka between Rashi and the Rambam. We know that the matzah you have to break because we said it was lechem oni. And the Gemara says on the over here, so to over here, you say the brocha on the prusa. Explains Rashi. So that's what you use the broken matzah to say alachilat matzah because you want to say alachilat matzah. What is matzah? Matzah is lechem oni. Why did you break it? To show that you're a lechem oni. Right? This is the, the bread of a poor man. And therefore, when you say the bracha alachilat matzah, you have to do it on the uh, uh, broken matzah. But now says Rashi, hold on a second. But we still need lechem mishnah. Every chag, we need to have a lechem mishnah, zeichelaman, etc. So therefore, what are you going to do? Explains Rashi. You have to have two other matzahs that are complete, not broken, for the mitzvah of, for the brocha of Hamotzi. Because why is Pesach worse than any other chag? And on Hamotzi, you say over one of the one of the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the whole matzahs. So according to Rashi, you say two separate brachas. Hamotzi is on the shalem, on the complete matzah, and alachinat matzah is on the broken matzah. And the Rambam says, and therefore, according to Rashi, you actually have to have three matzahs or two and a half, right? Because you have one, you broke it, hid half of it away for the afikoman. But then you need another two. So when you actually say the brachot, you have two and a half. However, the Rambam says, no. According to the Rambam, you're basically going to make the brachot on one and a half. You don't need three matzahs or two and a half matzahs. You take your lechem mishnah, and you break one of them. And that is the mitzvah of the day. Now, the Rosh Paskins. Following the shit of Rashi. Now, the Rosh comes with a big chidush. And this is the beginning of a big pullness in Halacha. How to understand the Rosh. The Rosh says as follows. And you'll break the middle one into two. So the broken one, part of it is hid away for the Afikoman. The other half is bet placed between the two whole matzahs. On the first one, you say Amotzi. And on the broken one, very similar to the shit of Rosh, of, of Rashi, as we saw. Now the Rosh adds something that we haven't seen before. That one has to eat the kazayit from each one. I.e., we have to have a kazayit from the matzah that I said I'm on, the shalei. And I have to have a kazayit on the prusa that I said al achilat matzah. And on the third matzah, use that for the hillel sandwich. Now, uh, uh, this this is wild because all of a sudden we're hearing that we have a chiyuv to say to eat actually two kazaitim according to the rosh, one on al achilat matzah and one on hamotzi lechem and, and, and uh, then there's a mitzvah de Rabbanan also to have the Hillel sandwich. Right? So he says, basically, you should say both brochas, and then you have a kazait from each one. Now, the Bach takes issue with this. Where did the Rosh get this from? That which you have to eat two kazaitim, one from each of the matzahs. We know that eating less than a kazait is not considered eating. However, says Zabach, 
מיעוטיימה. ארנן סן, ביש להם אמינא פרוסה שמברך עליה על אכילת מצה, אקן אנדרסטנד שפיר דבי כזית. יאבי מצווה תאית דמצה, יאבי איתה כזית, אוקיי? גודת, אנדרסטוד. אבל מן השלמה שמברך עליה המוציא, מה ישנה משאר פת שמברך עליו המוציא אף על פי שאין אוכל כזית? לזה אני רוצה לאכול קצת ברד. אם אני בא ואני אכול לסן כזית, אז תלך תעשה המוציא. זה בסלף תעשה המוציא. The brook, but why over here is it a chiyuv to eat a kazayit because I said the brocha of amotzi. That's every, every uh, day. If I have to eat, I want to eat less than a kazayit of, of, of bread. Let's say I've got a crouton in my salad and uh, it's a crouton that you have to vas for. Let's say I'm passing you have to vas for it. I only want one crouton. It's a big one of those, you know, but it's less than a kazayit. Vadai, I'd have to vas and I'd have to say amotzi. Again, I'm not going to get into the crouton discussion. Let's just assume that this crouton is something that you have to vast for and you have to say amotzi on. So, based on that, says the Bach, why is it that all of a sudden, on Leila Seder, I have to eat a kazait of matzah? And that's, uh, you know, no one's looking to eat more matzah than we have to, um, you know, uh, if we want to uh, take care of our gastro uh, uh, um, situation. So, the question is, but, but look how the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim, Tafayin, Hei Paskins. V'yochleim b'haseva b'yachad, kezayit mikol echad. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rosh. You have to eat a kezayit from each one. V'yimena yochol echol shnei kezaytim b'yachad. You can't eat them together, which is probably very, uh, very um, unhealthy to try and do that. By the way, this is, uh, again, one of the proofs that the matzots in the time of the Shulchan Aruch were more like pancakes than what we have today. Um, we saw this in the previous year, where they said you should dafka, uh, break it and not use enough, right? How can you use enough to cut the matzots that we have today? Right? It just doesn't work. But if, you, if they're pancakes... Then, then, okay, I can understand. And if, if we're talking about two kazaitim and you're going to roll the pancakes up together and eat it, I, it, it makes sense. But to eat two kazaitim of our matzahs the way we have it, it's impossible, right? Straight to eat them together. So anyway, the point is, is that the Shulchan Paskins like the Rosh, that we have to eat two kazaitim. Now, what about the question of the, of the Bach? Right? It's a good kasha. So the Mishnah Brura explains. The Mishnah Brura in Tafayin Hay explains. Okay, so for the broken one, everyone agrees you need a, a kazait because that's a mitzvah. Okay. We know the halach is you say a motzi even on less than a kazait. We've already learned this in Hilchot Brachot in Reish Yud in 210. Some opinions say that the brocha of Hamotzi goes on the prusa, on the broken. And other opinions of birkat ala achilat matzah kai ala shleima. And other opinions hold that achilat matzah goes on the complete one. Says the Mishnah Brura, one second. Diri lopo, the mala, okay? Sorry, sorry about that interruption. Um, okay, so um, um, it's not there. But, um, so, so can I, on a regular Friday night with Lecha Mishnah, do you have to have a kazais of the bread when you make a mochi? Oh, no, lichore not. Lichore not, that's the kashi of the, that's the kashi mm -hmm. of the back. Now there is actually one of the answers given by some of the, the achronim is that maybe you do have to, but we, we don't pass like that. We don't have to pass like that. Um, and therefore, now, for benching, for benching, you have to have a kazait. So a person should have a kazait because they have to bench, but not mitzad the hilchot hamotzi, mitzad hilchot bracha achroina. If a person didn't have a kazait, then other food are not mitzaref, right? So therefore, it's a problem. Therefore, you should have a kazait, but not mitzad the bracha rishona, but rather mitzad the bracha achrona. Okay. Um, and the, and the nafkemina is going to be, 
I don't necessarily have to eat it all at once and talk, you know, and within the first two minutes while I'll be here. So the Mishnah Bura gives a, a very interesting answer. He says like this. He says, we have to make, we have to uh, eat a kazait on the brocha of alachilat matzah. Um, the problem is, is alachilat matzah going on the prusa? On the broken one, or is it going on the shlema? There are opinions that it goes on the shalem, and due to that, that's why he holds the bach or the rosh holds. You have to have two kazaitim. Now, says the Mishnah Bura, "Ubedi eved imachal kazait echad min ashlema or meobain min aprusa yata." Bedi eved, this is all the chatchila. But bedi eved, if you ate a kazait, you have been yotzek. Because really the chiyuv over here of the second kazait is really a chiyuv din, it's a din in brachot. It's a din in hilchot brachot. Right? Let's say a person didn't say a bracha at all. Didn't say a bracha at all. And he ate the matzah. Has he fulfilled his obligation? Certainly he's fulfilled his obligation. It's not necessarily the best way to do the mitzvah, but a person who, who ate the matzah without the bracha has still fulfilled the mitzvah. Brachot and unmakvot. We know that brachas are not ma'ake. They don't preclude one from oneself from being able to fulfill the obligation. But it seems that this extra kazait is really a function of the of the brocha and not a function of one's chiyuv. And therefore, but yeah, if you can't eat two kazaitim and you just ate one kazait, you have been yotze. Now, besides for whether you have to eat one, one kazait or two kazaitim, right, then there's another machloket. And this is a machloket between the Rambam and Toswat. How much is a kazait? According to the Rambam, it's a shlish beitza. It's a third of an egg, as opposed to Tosvod who holds, it's a half an egg. And here the Shulchan Aruch in Tafpei Vav, Paskins, Shir Kazayit, Yeishomrim Bidahave Kechatsi Beitza. He's Paskin like Tosvod, that basically it's a half an egg. Now, how do we measure half an egg? Half an egg, according to Ashkenazi Psak, is basically to measure a volume of half an egg. However, the Svarni Poskim measured half an egg in, uh, in weight. That's the Chafachayim, who basically says that our uh, uh, daya is to weigh the, um, to weigh the matzah, and that's uh, the correct way. Now, if you weigh the matzah, you actually get to a bigger amount that one has to eat than if you go according to volume. Because according to uh, Rabbi Vad Yosef, basically the weight is, uh, um, is, is basically an entire sheet of, uh, of matzah, right? Whereas by volume, it's a third of a sheet of handmade, of, of uh, machine-made matzah. He says in Pnina Halacha, Ulami Ikaradin, Baruch, Shekol HaShiorim Oskim Benefach Balom Vemishkal. Going to everyone, Meikaradin, we go according to volume and not according to weight. The Smiley Poskim started weighing things just because it's too hard to go according to volume. And, and therefore they gave more uh, uh, concise rules of, of how, to, how to work it out. Okay, now another huge topic that is uh, has to we have to clarify is the mitzvah of shmura matzah or matzah shmura. The gemarim psachim daf mem and and part of the problem of this gemarim psachim is that there seems to be a machloket rishonim what the correct girsa is of this gemara. But let's just go with the gemara how, how we we have it today. Hadam Rava Rava tells us mitzvah lil tot. There's actually a, a, a mitzvah to soak the, 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 the wheat seeds. Right? So if you soak them, then you have to look that they don't, uh, they don't become uh, a chomet. So that's how you do it. Now, if you don't, if you didn't have to soak them, then what is this? Shimur Lamai. Why does the Torah tell me that I have to guard them? 
if it's guarding it from the time of when you need them, Shimur Delisha Lab Shimuru. That is really too late. That's not considered guarding. The Amar Avuna. Avuna says, but Sekotchal Mokri, Madame Malekris Omen. If a guy made matzah, you can eat them. But you cannot fulfill your obligation of matzah. You can eat them, but you cannot fulfill your obligation of matzah. From what do we see from here? Meaning, for the achiyuv of matzah, it's not good enough that Goyim made it. What do we learn from that? My timer. They didn't do shimur. They didn't guard them. Also, Gemara why don't we just guard them from the time of baking? We need to guard them from an earlier stage. So you see that there is such a din of guarding. Now, what does this mean of guarding the matzah? Says the Rambam Yilchot Chametz Matzah, Ushmartemet Hamatzot Klomar, Hizaru Matzah, Beshamruotam, he called Sad Chimutz. According to the Rambam, the din of matzah shmura is to ensure that it didn't become chometz. However, according to Rashi, Rashi has a completely different understanding. Rashi says, When just like there's certain mitzvahs that have to be done with the intention of the mitzvah involved, so to have, you, have the, you have to have make the matzah with the intention of making the matzah for the sake of the mitzvah. Says Rashi, Kol Have intention for the sake of matzah that you're going to fulfill your mitzvah with. And this is a very different approach that Rashi has to the, the approach of Rambam. Rambam says this is a din in Hilchot Chamet. Whereas Rashi says that this is an independent din of how a person has to view or, or think of or kavona when a person is making the matzah. Now, the Mishnah Brura in Tafnun Gimel says as follows. These need extra guarding. It's not good enough that they're not chametz. You actually have to do it shame the mitzvah. They have to be guarded for the sake of matzah. Um, now, when does this when does the shimur start? Says the Shulchan Aruch, The ideal way is already from the time of harvesting. Not to get them, uh, not to get them wet. Ulefachot mishat china, at least from the time of grinding. Uvishat atchak mutar likach kemach minashuk. And if one needs to, vishat atchak, one can take a flour from the uh, flour from from basically the supermarket and make challah from them. Now this is in the times of Chazal, uh, or even in the times of the Shulchan Aruch. Today. From what I understand, taking flour in a Bediyevit situation from the shelf and making matzahs would be very, very problematic. And the reason why it's problematic is because part of the way they make flour is they first wash the seeds or they wash the, the grains in water. Now that process is, a, is, a, is done in the factory. It wasn't done, you know, in the times of the Shulchan Aruch. Meaning we know that this flower is coming in contact with water. And if you know that it's coming in contact with water, now it's it's a big question whether this is not Hametz Gamma. It's a big question. Um, and based on that, it seems that even Bilyebet, it would be big, uh, it would be a huge problem to basically take uh, take uh, flour off the shelf and use it for baking matzah. Now, says the Bira Lacha, Vayen Barambam, Umuchachsham, the Dato Dachel, Matzah Shochel, the Pesach, Tsarich Shimur. Says the Bira Lacha, they're according to the Rambam, the din of Shmura Matzah is a din to make sure that it hasn't become Chametz. 
If that's the case, it's got nothing to do with Leila Seder. Meaning that if you have to eat, if you want to eat matzah, the entire Chag, you have to eat Shmura matzah. That is the Shita of the Rambam. However, according to the Rashi, no, the din is that it has to have special kavana, and that is for the matzah of the mitzvah, which is only on the first two nights. And this is a summary of the Pnina Alacha. Pnina Alacha says as follows: Yesh medaktakim lechol b'chol pesach matzot shmurot. People are very, some are very careful to eat matzah shmura the entire chag. Ushnei ta'amim lekach. Two reasons. Although there's no obligation to eat matzah the rest of the year, the rest of the Chag, only in the night uh, of Lela Seder. However, if you do, it's not a, a mitzvah chiyubit, it's a mitzvah kiyubit. You still fulfill an obligation. And therefore, since you fulfill an obligation, you have to have matzah that is raw for the mitzvah, right? Which is shmura matzah. The other reason is what we saw in the Rambam. That what's the whole purpose of, uh, of uh, matzah that is done b'shimor in order that it doesn't become chometz? Because matzah is the most prone to become chometz. They didn't guard from the time of harvesting. There is a real concern that this has already become chomets, and that would be obviously a big problem. So based on this, many people are makpid to try and only eat shmura matzah for the entire uh, amount of Pesach. Um, now, just... Uh, even, even those who are makbid to eat shmura matzah, and, it, and it's not just a chumrah without a, without a reason, as we saw according to the Rambam, it seems that this is a chiyub, um, mitzad chometz, according to the Vilna Gaon, it could be because this is a kium of a mitzvah doraita, and therefore one would want to do it with shmura matzah, matzah that is, uh, that is fitting for the mitzvah. But then now comes the shayla. Can one fulfill one's obligation with machine matzah, machine-made matzah? Now, the Avnei Nezer says, Shamati v'tirgaz bitni ki tolner mechadash la'asot matzot al machine. That, that they, they, these people are trying to make machine-made matzahs. Now again, the Avnei Nezer is living 150 years ago, so this was, uh, you know, at the very beginning of the Industrial Revolution, this wasn't the time that the machines were so great. And he holds the real problem with it, and he quotes all the Admor of Gur and Admor of Sons, that what? And he uses very poetic last, uh, uh, language where basically he says, it's Chomets Gamma. If you have machine-made matzah, it's Chomets Gamma. Again, this is referring to, um, to machine-made matzah in the times of the Avnei Nezer. So, uh, so one can't really bring a proof from that. Furthermore, if one actually looks in the chuba, he's worried about the parnasa of, of Yidden. And he is worried that if you make machine-made matzah, they're going to lose all their parnasa. So it was an interesting uh, din. But um, here in uh, Rav, uh, Rav Harari, in his Mikra Kodesh, says as follows. That Rabbanei Doreino, Hagan Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, Amarli, he said to me, One can fulfill one's obligation with the mitzvah, with matzah shmura. Not only is it not chametz, but you can also fulfill your obligation with it. Is there a preference? If they are both got a good hechsher, then the handmade matzahs is preferable. And one of the reasons why handmade matzahs is preferable is because, as we saw, according to Rashi, it has to be done the shame matzah. Now, the handmade matzahs are basically done by machine. So if you have to do it, something the shame mitzvah, how does the machine do that? 
Right? So this isn't such a big kasha. Most of the poskim say, yeah, but there are mashkichim standing over. Uh, I, when I was in high school, I went to uh, work for uh, in South Africa. They produced matzahs. And every time the mashkiach was the one that tipped the, you know, they had this big industrial um, uh, kind of, they used to load uh, 50 kilos of, of flour into some type of, you can imagine like an instrument. And, and then you, it goes along the line and then you push a button and this bucket, which was huge, you know, like 150 liters of um, you know, kilos of, of flour would turn upside down and go in. And that's when the mixing process began. And that's when they started making the matter. So the mashkiach, uh, to do that, basically you'd say, l'shem mitzvah matzah, and you push the button and the the uh, this uh, huge uh, um, barrel turned over, and that was considered that you part of the the baking process. So you fulfill your mitzvah even according to Rashi. But you can see that there was a machlok about it. So says Rafram Zaman Arbach, it's preferable if you've got two good hechsherim to use for Leila Seder to use matzah. But then he says like this. And, but then he says, but you can fulfill it even with the handmade matzahs and all the people that are makbid, that I know of, to eat shmura matzah, the entire chag, are not makbid to have handmade matzah. And one of the reasons makes a lot of sense. The people that are makbid to have shmura matzah the entire chag, they are basically following the shit of the Rambam. The Rambam never ever said that you have to do it l'shem matzah, right? l'shem mitzvah matzah. That was the shit of Rashi. But Rashi's chiyuv was only on the first night. The Rambam says you have to have shmura matzah the entire chag. But according to the Rambam, the ikar is that it's not chomet. And handmade matzah is just as good, perhaps even better, that there's no chashash chametz. And therefore, there's no problem of eating handmade matzah during the rest of the chag. And therefore, I don't know any opinion that says that the rest of the chag, one has to have handmade matzah as opposed to uh, machine-made matzah. Okay, so that was just uh, the end of that uh, din of Hilchot Matzah. So we saw today, we focused on the story of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, which is a din doraita, and the second din doraita, which is the halachot of Hilchot Matzah, Be'ezrat Hashem, everyone should be uh, zoche to fulfill all the mitzvahs of the night, and uh, and Be'ezrat uh, Hashem will also be able to fulfill many other mitzvahs of Doraita, including the Korban Pesach, Be'karov. Uh, so everyone have a Chag Kasha V'Sameach. Chag Kasha V'Sameach, Shkoch. Shkoch, 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 Shkoch.